Welcome to the Anything Glows podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, a wellness enthusiast, yoga teacher, and illustrator currently living near Joshua Tree, California. I'm also the founder of Sage Glow Studio, where I help women develop intuition-led wellness through movement, meditation, breathwork, and cycle syncing. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how to live a life that feels nourished, embodied, expansive, and rooted in your feminine nature. But we'll also address the juicy big picture questions like, what is the purpose of true wellness? Thanks for joining me on this journey. Now let's dive in. You guys have been loving our series, Yoga and Your Hormones, and it makes me so happy. As women, being knowledgeable about our unique hormonal cycle and how to work with it, not against it, is truly our superpower and the key to feeling our best all month long. Many of you have even texted or DM me saying how much you've learned from the last few episodes, and my heart is so full. If you found value in them, it would really mean a lot to me if you can rate the podcast on Spotify or leave a review on Apple, even if it's one sentence. It really helps to grow this podcast, and I'd love for this info to get out to as many women as possible. Okay, back to the episode. Last week, we covered embracing our feminine nature and practicing the art of cycle syncing. Today's topic is sort of an extension of that and something I've been really trying to implement better in my own life, and that's the idea of rest as a rebellion. I've talked about this before, but I really have a problem with our society's obsession with stress. We literally glorify it. And it's not just that we are stressed, it's that we willingly invite stress into our lives because that's what the world honors. Think about it. Don't we revere those who work long hours, put time in on the weekends, answer emails within 30 seconds, and say things like, I haven't taken a vacation in four years? Isn't the preferred answer to how are you supposed to be, I'm so busy? And what if you were to ask me, how are you? And I said, good, just chilling, living my life, enjoying my work, and slowing down to appreciate all the beauty around me. Don't you kind of want to punch me in the face? And I get it. Our collective mindset about overworking seemed to shift a little after the pandemic, but we still look at people funny if they don't tell us how busy they are. And boy, do people who are fake busy love to tell you about it. I know because I used to be one of them. Sometimes still am, if I'm being honest. In my past life, pre-Sage Glow Studio, when I was working in the corporate world, I fell into this mentality and it was strangely and strongly addictive. I started working as a college intern, which turned into a full-time position after graduation at a great small startup. I was young, eager, energetic, and excited, and also super grateful because the job and the people were great, and this was back in 2009 when a lot of my friends were going back to their pre-graduation retail jobs or just going on to grad school because there weren't a lot of options. As I started to grow and prove myself useful at my job, I was given more responsibilities, and as my workload increased, I began consistently working through lunch and a little later in the day, once in a while to stay on schedule. Once in a while turned into at least once a week, and I got recognized and praised for it. Once a week turned into a few times a week, and the time I would wrap up got later and later and later. 
it wasn't out of the ordinary for me to be in the office from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. or 11 p.m. or even midnight. There were so many times when I didn't even really need to be there that late. It simply became a part of my image. And even though I knew I was burning myself out and quickly losing my mind, I still did it. Why? Because it made me feel important. Our society preaches that the more stressful your job is, the more important your job is, and therefore the more important you are. If you're not stressed, you're not valuable. You're not a hard worker. Are you having fun at work? Stop it. Be stressed and miserable like the rest of us. I don't know about you, but I am so freaking done. This mentality is awful. I'm over my self-worth being dependent on my level of stress and how busy I am. And this is especially damaging for women. If you listened to the last episode, you'll remember that as women, our hormones are on an approximately 28-day cycle versus men's 24-hour cycle. This is why the concept of cycle syncing works. Our hormones, brain states, and energy levels will fluctuate throughout our cycle. Expecting ourselves to do the same thing every day, such as killing ourselves with cardio and lifting every morning, then chugging coffee to get us through a 14-hour workday, you know, not that I've ever done anything like that. This is actual insanity. Now, there is a specific time in our cycle where this type of day might be possible and feel really good and fun. During our ovulatory phase, our energy and testosterone surge for a bit. This is a great time to get in your heavy workouts or longer workdays, but then you need to bring it back down. Forcing yourself to continue at that pace too far into your luteal phase might seem like the way to get a lot done, but really, you're just depleting yourself. It's going to do more harm than good, and you will hit a wall. If you keep ignoring your body's whispers for rest and balance, it will start screaming at you in the form of burnout and disease. We don't need to get to that point. And if you like science, a study published in Psychological Medicine found that women who work over 55 hours a week are at a, quote, excess risk for depression and anxiety. A study from the Scandinavian Journal of Work, Environment, and Health found that even one week of overtime work can negatively impact sleep, which we know messes up our hormones. Another study from that same journal found that stressful work conditions can negatively affect women's menstrual cycles. Now that we know overworking is not it and have science to back it up, I invite you into my rest rebellion. Let's push back on burnout, hustle culture, and unhealthy overcommitment. We are not powerless, but it's going to take baby steps because these things are ingrained so deeply into our society and our minds. It might feel uncomfortable to give yourself time to rest and to set boundaries with others who don't quite get it yet, but we're going to do this together. Oh, and rest doesn't simply mean sleep. A few years ago, there was a TED Talk by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith who describes seven different types of rest we need to feel our best. Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, sensory, social, and creative. I love this approach because it's very holistic, kind of yogic, and explains why sometimes we still feel exhausted after getting a full night's sleep. But don't let this throw you into a panic, thinking you now need to add a million types of rest to your to-do list. 
This is supposed to help you identify what type of rest you need at what time so you can be most efficient with your time. And some of this rest takes like one minute and probably some things that you're already doing. I'll link the video in the show notes and also give you some examples here. So to begin our rest rebellion, let's start with an inventory of your day. You could use an actual journal or your phone's notes app to jot down how you're spending your time and try not to change anything. Just live your life like normal. You can do it for as many days as you like, but even one day will be helpful. The goal here is to see where you might be taking on too much or spending your time on things that aren't super beneficial or important. This works because the number one complaint I hear from my yoga clients, friends, and even complete strangers is that they don't have time to rest or to do other things to care for themselves like move their body, sit down for a meal, or meditate. By taking a critical look into how you're spending your day, my bet is that you'll find you actually would have time to do something nourishing if you decrease or eliminate something that's not as nourishing. Here's an easy example, and I'd love to know if you relate. Do you ever find yourself hitting a wall at some or many points throughout your day so you just grab your phone to mindlessly scroll? I especially do this when, surprise, surprise, I'm feeling tired, but I'm fighting to stay awake. This is a challenging habit to break because scrolling sort of feels productive, so it feeds into that hustle mentality and it works. The chaos of social media with content spanning from super heartwarming to traumatic news to hilarious dogs to gut-wrenching stories plunges you into a fight-or-flight response. Our brains are stimulated to try and process all of it, which does cause you to stay awake, but not in a good way. And don't you always feel 100% worse after being on that emotional roller coaster? This is not the type of fake rest we need. So as you take your time inventory, pay special attention to how often and for how long you're scrolling or doing anything else that might be taking up more time than you thought, but isn't giving you enough benefit. And see how you might be able to swap whatever that is for something that satisfies one of those seven types of rest. I suggest actually scheduling this in so you're more inclined to do it. I've heard of people blocking 30 minutes of their day on their calendar to simply do nothing and get sensory rest. No phones, no computers, no TV, just allowing yourself to have a break from the constant stimulus bombarding us to remember what it's like to be bored. That might sound great to you, or if that's a lot right off the bat, just start small. Notice if there's a certain time each day where you get physically or mentally fatigued and find yourself reaching for your phone to distract yourself, keep you awake, whatever it is that doesn't make you feel good in the end. Then rely on your intuition to tell you what kind of rest your body and mind actually needs, and then put it in as a repeating event on your calendar. Notice if there's a certain time each day where you get mentally or physically fatigued and you find yourself reaching for something that doesn't make you feel better at the end. Rely on your intuition to tell you what kind of rest your body and mind actually needs, then put it in as a repeating event in your calendar. So if you get tired every day at 3 p.m., give yourself that break at that time. 
And maybe it doesn't happen every day, but do what you can and do what feels right for you. Maybe replace one energy drainer slash time sucker with one of these ideas. 30 seconds of deep breathing with your eyes closed for sensory rest. One minute of prayer for spiritual rest. Two minutes of standing outside by yourself to let your mind wander for social, mental, and creative rest. Five minutes of drawing for creative rest. Five minutes of stretching for physical rest. Ten minutes of reading a novel for creative rest. Ten minutes of journaling for emotional rest. Fifteen minutes of legs up the wall for physical rest. 20 minutes of laying down while listening to binaural beats for physical and sensory rest. See, rest doesn't need to be long. It just needs to hit the right craving. Something that my husband Josh and I have been doing lately is not watching a show while we eat dinner. We got into the habit of eating while distracted and it wasn't feeling so great anymore and allowed too much time to slip away every single evening. And don't get me wrong, I'm not judging anyone who loves to put on a little Netflix while eating. It just became sensory overload for us, and we've needed that form of rest. And truly, I've been so pleased with the extra wind-down time before bed for reading or facial massage, which leads to better sleep, which of course leads to happy hormones. What we're all here for. Another thing this time inventory exercise could reveal is how you might be using busyness to numb, distract, or subconsciously avoid rest. So as you review your log, ask yourself these questions. Why don't I allow myself to rest? Which of these tasks am I hiding behind? What is my busy schedule trying to prove? What emotions or feelings come up when I finally do rest? I'll be vulnerable here and tell you that rest can be triggering for me because for most of what I do, if I'm not actively working, there's no potential for making money. So why should I allow myself to rest? It's a lot of fear to work through, but I'm telling you this so you know you are not alone. I'm unlearning and reshaping my mindset and reevaluating my business right along with you. Okay, back to our time inventory. Now that you've addressed your time sucks, replaced some with various forms of rest, now you're going to look at your commitments. Here's where you need to get real about how many are right for you at this season in your life. As a recovering people pleaser, I used to say yes to everything because I wanted people to like me for being so capable and helpful. And then I would get overwhelmed and resentful, but still do the thing. This type of help isn't healthy. It's not genuine and it's not doing anything for our mental health or our hormones. So we need to cut it out. I've heard that if commitments aren't a hell yes, they're a no. It might feel super harsh, but we need to protect our rest and energy. And I know we all have certain commitments that require us, even if we're not totally stoked about them. So let's cut out the ones that we can so we'll still have capacity for the necessary ones. Next, you're going to look at your time inventory and schedule and see where you can apply cycle syncing. Your capacity to do more and your desire to be social will be higher during your follicular and ovulatory phases and then drop off in the luteal and menstrual phases. 
See how you can plan and move things around so you're not overloading yourself when you're going to need more rest. And get in the habit of telling the truth when you can. Maybe it starts with just your boyfriend, husband, close friends, or family telling them that this week your energy is more depleted. Can we plan that date night or dinner, whatever, for next week after my period? Might be slightly scandalous, but it would be interesting to see if we could normalize trying to live according to our cycles and actively plan for rest. And it would probably ripple out to empower other women in our circles to get curious about it too. Finally, I want to recommend a practice that's helped me prioritize rest every single week throughout my whole life. Both Josh and I grew up in a Christian faith tradition that keeps Sabbath from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. It's something we still embrace and quite literally can't live without. What this means for us is putting a pause on work and other things that further our lifestyle so we can focus on spending time with God at church, nurturing our relationships, and doing things that bring us peace and rest. It's the day we look forward to the most because it gives us permission to slow down, reprioritize our lives, and catch our breath. When we were building our house in 2021 and 2022, taking a break felt impossible, but this is truly my biggest example of why it's necessary to rest. I don't think we would have made it through the build if we didn't have our Sabbaths. I know for a fact that we would have worked every single day pushing through the exhaustion and ended up wiring something wrong and electrocuting ourselves or falling off a ladder. Each Friday night would roll around, and after we got over that initial panic of not getting everything done that we wanted to, we would just exhale, let go, and embrace the gift of rest. When I look back at the house build and wonder how we made it through, Sabbath was it. It's still our favorite time of week, and I highly recommend trying it out. You don't need to be religious, just curious. You could try getting in that spiritual rest by spending time in nature, journaling, praying, reading spiritual books, cultivating your relationships with God and others. I love taking a break from work, cleaning, shopping. I even make it a point to stay off of my Sagelo Studio social accounts, which is so nice. It's such a welcome form of weekly rest and also a good reminder of faith and trust that things will progress and my work life won't fall apart if I take a break. And with that, our episode for today is a wrap. I hope this has empowered you to really reframe what rest is, how important it is in your life, and how to prioritize getting more. And even if society is still stuck in glorified rest and burnout, we can be little rebels together, seeking a different mindset for sustained and balanced living. Thanks for listening to the Anything Glows podcast. Let's keep the conversation going on social at the Anything Glows podcast and Sage Glow Studio. If today's episode served you, please share it with a friend and give the show a review. Your support, downloads, subscriptions, and feedback mean the world to me. Take care of your mind, body, and soul, and I will see you next time.